Welcome to the Focus Church Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. We hope that it inspires you and gives you a fresh perspective. Enjoy the sermon. Uh, The book of Luke, chapter 2. If you have a copy of God's Word, I'd like to read you the Christmas story. Luke is a first century historian. He has the royal agenda on his mind. He is telling the story of Jesus as the story of Israel. And he has included in his introduction the birth of our King Jesus. Luke's story is all about God coming to dwell with his people through the person of Jesus. Are you grateful for Jesus? Come on, it's more than Amazon Prime, I can tell you that right now. This season is more about more than about the holiday parties that you don't want to go to. It's about Jesus. Luke chapter 2. I love Jesus so much. I hope you do too. And if you don't know Jesus, by the end of our time together today, I pray that you would make the decision to follow him. So Joseph went, also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. That's why when you hear someone addressing Jesus later on, he'll say, son of David, because he comes from the line of David. And he went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloth and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I love this verse. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Who's the gospel for? It's good news that brings great joy for who? All people. Oh, pastor, you don't know my history. I don't know, but I do know the Bible. And it says, good news, great joy for all people. You don't know what I did even last night. I don't care. Good news, great joy for all people. What is the Christmas season all about? It's about the good news that causes great joy for who? All people. Who is this church for? Good news, great joy, all people. What do I want you to leave with today? The good news that brings great joy for who? All people. No, you don't know my story. I don't need to know your story because the Bible is the ultimate story and it is for all people. I bring you good news that causes great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with an angel praising God and saying glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. Are you grateful for the favor of God? I want the favor of God to rest on my life. I don't know about anything else. I don't want nothing else but the favor of God. And when the angels had left and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go see this thing. Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. I pray just as the shepherds saw what God had said, that in the year 2023, I prophesy that you will see what God has said over your life in Jesus' name. So they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, 
They spread the word concerning what had been told about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up these things and pondered them in her heart. So the shepherds returned. Imagine having to go back to work. You just met the Savior of the world. And your boss is like, where are you at? These sheep are getting out of control. I need you back on the field right now. You're like, dude, I just met Jesus. I just met the Messiah. Give me a minute. And they're like, no, they went back to work. Isn't it terrible Monday morning? You had a great encounter with God here at this church. You got saved, sanctified, delivered. And your boss is like, where are you at? Sometimes you got to go back. But you go back differently. Look how they went back. They returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. He is a keeper of his word and a keeper of his promise. Let's pray. Father, we love your word. It's a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path. May we never get accustomed or normal or normalized to the greatest story ever told. That is the story of Jesus. God, we lift you up this morning at all of our locations. We put you in your rightful place. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Everybody tends to celebrate Christmas a little differently. Everybody's got their quirks. Have you noticed that before? Maybe you married into some weird stuff. Any of you married into some weird Christmas stuff? I was talking with someone this morning and their whole yard is full of inflatables. You know, all, you know what I'm talking about? The snow globes and the uh, the snowman and the, the manger scene, all of it's inflatable. It's like they got an extra power grid just to run the inflatables. The, the, it's like, did your wife approve that? It was like, she married into it. You get what you get, you know? And um, all around the world, they celebrate Christmas differently. Some people celebrate Christmas differently. As a matter of fact, I was doing some research. In Japan, they have KFC for dinner on Christmas. Did you know that? I didn't know that. I thought that that was strange, but it's uh, good news that causes great joy for all people. And if KFC is your way of celebrating, I haven't been to KFC in decades, much less what I use one of the greatest holidays of the year to use it to eat KFC, but that's what they do. In Australia, uh, they celebrate Christmas on the beach because for them, their winter is in the summer and their summer is in the winter. And so they're, they're on the beach. They're going to holiday at the beach during the summer. And in Mexico and in other Latin countries, uh, they celebrate Noche Buena, which means Christmas Eve. And many Hispanic cultures, they stay up until midnight on the 24th, and that's when they open up all the gifts. And so uh, that's a different way uh, of doing it. And then here in the U.S., I mean, some people get really weird. Um, some people have Chinese food on Christmas Eve. Anybody have Chinese food? Always open, 10 minutes. 10 minutes, maybe when they're really busy, 15 minutes, but never more than 15 minutes. It doesn't matter. You could order for 12 people. You, I, the Lord says, test me on this. <laughs> Call them up 10 minutes on a slow night and on a busy night, 15 minutes, no more than 15 minutes. We like doing Chinese food on Christmas Eve. And then uh, some people in the Northeast, they do clam chowder. They build a, you know, they, they cook a big pot of clam chowder enough to feed an army, and it just lasts them the whole week of Christmas. And then uh, some, some weird people have matching pajamas. Anybody do matching pajamas? And then you go out in public in those matching pajamas. That's weird. It's like, just go to Walmart in your normal clothes, okay? 
Walmart's already weird enough, okay, without your matching pajamas. Some people go to the movies on Christmas Day. We, do, we tend to do that. We'll go to the movies on Christmas Day. Sometimes there's good movies. I don't know. It's getting worse, but, you know, don't make me, don't let me be a doomsday prepper. We go to the movies on Christmas Day. And then there's four kinds of gifts that we try to give every Christmas. Um, you can write this down for the husbands that have yet to do some shopping. I'm going to help you. This isn't biblical. This is just getting us warmed up to the sermon. Uh, number one, something you want. Number two, something you need. Number three, something to wear. Number four, something to read. Okay? All the husbands are like, okay, got it. So not a mop. Not a mop. No. Not a, a leaf blower. No, not a leaf blower. Something you want, something you need, something to wear, something to read. Everyone has interesting traditions. Um, tradition is one of those things that if you're not careful, it can become an idol. Um, but if you aren't careful, you can also lose some of the value that comes with tradition. At our church, uh, most would say that we are non-traditional, right? We got a, a snow machine, uh, Michael Jackson, low-laying fog, balloons falling from the sky. Uh, that's not your typical candlelight service with the choir or the Christmas cantata. But there's nothing wrong with tradition. As a matter of fact, I actually think that there are some things we need to hold tightly to. And in a world that's ever-changing and ever-moving uh, away from tradition, there are some key components that we should hold on to. I don't know if, are you traditional? I, I, can, I find myself, the older I get, the more traditional I've become. The less, the less I'm into the new stuff and the more I gravitate towards the old stuff. And what I've discovered about tradition is this, is traditions are not the worship of ashes, but the preservation of a fire. It's not that we're worshiping something that's dead during Christmas. We are preserving something that is very much alive. The reason we come to church and the reason we worship Jesus isn't because he's dead. It is because he is alive. Now, I don't know about any other traditions you have with your matching pajamas or your clam chowder or your Chinese food, but one tradition I plan on establishing is the one that says it will always be about Jesus. It will always be about the Savior of the world. It will always be about the birth of Jesus Christ, because if we're not careful, it becomes about something different, and you end up worshiping ashes instead of preserving the fire. I would encourage you before a single gift is open this year, no matter whose house you're at, stop them and say, can we please read the Christmas story? I know that maybe that's a new tradition for you, but I know in my house, you weren't even allowed to look at the gifts. <laughs> you weren't even allowed to shake the boxes until, first of all, everyone had to be awake, okay? Which takes time. The older these teenagers get, the more they don't, they want to sleep and the more they don't care. So everyone has to be awake. There has to be cinnamon rolls in the oven. And you have to read the Christmas story before gifts are open. Now, the reason for that is so that we can make sure that people are establishing, our children are establishing the tradition of knowing why they're doing what they are doing. It's not about Amazon Prime. Not about the scooter that you want. It's not about the new thing. 
It's about Jesus. And so there are three traditions that I'd like for us to establish this year. Are you with me this morning? Okay. Three traditions worth establishing as we look at the story of Jesus, Jesus's birth. The first one is the tradition of looking up. The tradition of looking up. The shepherds looked up. Now their job, most of their life was spent looking down at the flock, at the sheep. But instead, when the angel of the Lord comes, they lift their eyes and they get great news that causes great joy for all people. Many of us spend our lives looking down. Have you been to the airport lately? I've seen more people trip over curbs, run into traffic, miss a moment because they're looking down. Look up! Look up, there's more to see than what you see right now. Look up because there's more to see than what you currently see. In a culture that looks down, we should start looking up. I want you to look up this morning. I want you to establish the tradition to do like the shepherds did and look up and say, what does God have for me? It says in this, in, in the word, I, I'll, I'll prove it to you biblically. It, it says in, in Psalm 34, verse 5, they looked to him and were radiant and their faces will never be ashamed. Isaiah 40, 26 says, lift up your eyes on high and see who has created these stars. The one who leads forth their host by number. He calls them all by name because of the greatness of his might and strength of his power. Not one of them is missing. Look up. Look up this Christmas. John eleven forty one. 41. Jesus is healing one of his good friends. He doesn't need to, but he decides to model what the miraculous looks like, and he does this. So they removed the stone, and Jesus raised his eyes, and he said, Father, I thank you, for you have heard me. In Acts chapter 7, verse 55, be full of the Spirit. Being full of the Spirit, he gazed intently to heaven, and he what? He saw the glory of God. How many of you want to see the glory of God? Jesus at the right hand of the Father. In Ephesians 1.18, Paul says this. He says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you will know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. I don't know about you, but I don't want to live my life looking down. I want to live my life looking up. I recently contracted an executive coach because this church has grown outgrown me and I'm an idiot. So I'm like, well, if Tiger Woods has someone to teach him how to play golf and LeBron James has someone to teach him how to shoot. Mike Santiago definitely needs a coach. So I hired this executive coach and they do a lot of like training with CEOs and business owners and leadership stuff. And he asked me the strangest question. He said, how tall are you? I said, how tall am I or how tall do I say I am? Because I'm Puerto Rican. My license says one thing. <laughs> I tell people another. <laughs> and I said, no, I'm normally 5'7", five, 5'8". Five, 5'9 five, on my license. The Lord will forgive me for that. And he said, walk like you're 5'12". Like you're six feet tall. Walk like you're 5'11". When you walk into a room, 
He said, walk, walk like you're walk like you're 5'11". I said, hmm, interesting. He said, it'll change your back pain. It will improve your posture and you'll, your gaze, this is what he said, your gaze will actually be up and not so down. I thought that's weird, but it works. So when you walk into the room this Christmas, with the stress of the holiday and the annoying stepdad or whatever it is you have to deal with. Don't walk in there 5'7". Walk in there six feet tall. My eyes gaze to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord. I am not going to be looking down like the rest of the world is. I'm not going to be the bearer of bad news. I'm going to be the bearer of good news that causes great joy to all people. Why? Because my eyes are looking up. You can't see nothing if you're not looking up. It's like, you know, I spend a lot of time looking for things in the woods and if I'm looking down I can't see anything everything is blurry but when I look up I can see much further many of you have reversed your perspective and everything is down and everything is small and God's not going to come through for me and I don't know what to do and I would encourage you to be like the shepherds and not get so consumed with looking down at your current situation but instead take a look up and where do I where does my help come from my help comes from the Lord Look up this Christmas at all of our locations today. Turn to your neighbor and say, look up. Look up. Look up. You got to look up because that's how you find your way home. There's a story of a lost boy at a Christmas parade. He was lost. and He said, a, a policeman came up to him and said, do you know where you live? He says, I have no idea. He said, well, do you live in this town and that town? He says, I don't know. And then he started naming streets. Do you live on this street or that street, Main Street, that was street. He says, I don't know. So he took him to a high point in the town. He, he took him to a place where you could see a little bit of the town. And he says, do you see that steeple? He said, that's the steeple of, of, the, of the church. He goes, do you know where that church is at in relation to your home? And this is what the little boy says. He says, if you can get me to that cross, I can get you to my house. You got to look up. You got to look up. This holiday season, look to the cross. Because if you can get to the cross, he can get you through anything. Look up. Look up. Look up. The second thing is this, is the tradition of showing up. You got to go. The, the shepherds didn't just look and say, oh, that was nice. Thanks for the information. They went. It says that they hurried. They actually showed up. Some of you got to show up this Christmas. Some of you have been absent in your relationship with Jesus, and it's time to show up. Some of you have been absent in your relationship with your family, and God desires to reconcile you to your family, and you got to show up. Some of you, this is an opportunity. These are pivotal years for your children. you got to show up. Uh, let me give you a practical example. Your kids should not see this all Christmas morning. Do it again. Open it up again. Wrap it back up. I missed it. Come on. You got 4,000 photos of the same kid opening the same gift. 
Just take one, put it away. I'm not saying to not record the moment. I'm saying you should be in the moment more than you're recording the moment. So designate your aunt with an Android and let her take all the blurry photos that she wants. Uh, what are you going to do? All right, let me just get real. Pro what are you going to do with all those videos of fireworks from 4th of July? What are you going to do with them? You got 12,000 videos of fireworks from 4th of July on your phone. It slows your phone down and you never even use those. Just look at the fireworks. Take a moment. Look at your kid opening up the gifts. Say, keep opening up the gifts. I'm just going to look. I'm just going to be present. See, the, the, the one present that we can all afford is our presence. One thing that the shepherds, now the shepherds had stuff to do. They got sheep to manage. They got stuff. They, got, they could have said, that was nice to hear, but we're not going. They decided to go. They decided to move. I would encourage you to be present this holiday season. This Christmas, I'm not saying don't take a photo. I'm just saying don't like make everything a photo. Like, we get it. All right? It's a nice scooter that you got them. Take one and put it away. And then just look at your kids in the eyes. I love you. It's a really great time. I'm looking at my kid right now. For those it's really great to be together this Christmas. It, you'll gravitate towards this. This is what will happen. You been there before? It's just this. Nothing. The whole Christmas. Just put it down. Put it on airplane mode. Hurry off to see Jesus. Be present. Be present. Be present. One photo and then put it away. All right, last thing is this. As the keyboard comes to play at all of our locations. Are you with me? All right, let's look up. Let's show up. And then I want to establish the tradition of giving up. Let's give up. Let's not quit, but let's surrender this Christmas. Let's not quit, but let's, let's really give up our lives to God, our plans to God, our purposes to God. Everything we're trying to force, let's let God handle it. Everything, let's give it up to God. Many of us, we're just trying to force this thing. We're in a system and we're just like, Ugh! just give it up. So Mary pondered these things in her heart. She's like, you know what? I give this child back to you, God. This is what, even when the angel told her that she was gonna have a child, she says, whatever you have spoken, may it be so. She gave up her own. She said, how can this be? And then she realized that it was God. She said, may it be whatever you have spoken. We need to give up. We need to surrender. A spirit of surrender. It says in Matthew 16, 25, forever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Matthew eleven twenty eight says this, come to me, all who labor and who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Give it up. Give it up this Christmas. You don't have to try hard anymore. Just surrender. God, I give you everything. Many of you have been playing church. You've been playing games. You came here because grandma said, if you don't come to church, I'm going to take you to this non-traditional church just because I know you like it better than the other one. Give up. It's not about quitting. It is about surrender. Are you ready to surrender? I don't know about you, but I... I can't live my whole life trying harder. I got to give my life to God and let him take control. There's a story of St. Peter. He's at the gate and 
this guy passes away and goes to St. Peter. He holds the keys. St. Peter's always on the clock at the pearly gates in every joke. So Pastor Stevens gets there to heaven and he says, I'm here to receive my eternal reward. St. Peter's like, awesome. He said, that'll be 500 points. You need 500 points to come in. He said, okay. Okay. 500 points? Got it. Pastor Stevens says, I pastored a church for 40 years. Gave my life for those people. Every hospital visit, every counseling appointment, every birthday party, graduation, quinceañera, everything. 40 years. St. Peter goes, 10 points. He said, 10 points? He said, my wife and I, we went on a mission trip every single year. We, we sowed seed into the people of Guatemala every single summer. We went on a mission trip. He said, St. Peter said, five points. Five points? He's trying to calculate in his mind how he's going to get to 485 more points in order to receive his eternal reward. And out of nowhere comes his raggedy old neighbor, the preacher's old neighbor. Holes in his jeans, flip-flops on, hair's all messed up. He fist bumps Peter, walks right in. The old preacher says, are you kidding me? How'd he get 500 points? He's like, there's no way that guy has 500 points. St. Peter says, you're right. He just refuses to play the game. He just refuses to play the game. Listen, this Christmas, let's give up. Let's surrender to God. And let's say, God, you take control. Let your grace be sufficient. Many of us were playing games and God's like, listen, just refuse to play the game. Just come to me, all who are weary, all who are heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. Don't worry about the scoreboard this Christmas. Don't worry about the spirit of religion that gets caught up in go to Jesus. <laughs> Stop calculating the points and just surrender to God. Many of you came into this building this morning at all of our locations in need of surrender. You need to get, you're trying, you're trying so hard. Just exhale. <sighs> I give my life to God. I surrender. I surrender. With every head bowed and every eye closed at all of our locations, it's time to surrender to God. You came in here, you're like, you know what? My life is a mess. I've been trying to do this thing on my own. And I need a Savior. I need Jesus. I need to look up. I need to show up. And I need to give up. I need to give my life up to God you've been trying to control it on your own for too long and God is asking you to give up this morning if that's you at all of our locations with every head bowed and every eye closed you say I give up you're not going to quit but you're going to surrender today you're not quitting but you're surrendering to God today you say I want to give my life to Christ now is the time just raise your hand I want to pray for you just raise your hand. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you out at all of our locations. Just raise your hand high enough so that I can see it. Thank you, Lord. 
Many have already raised their hands at all, at all of our locations. Anybody? Right here. They're coming right now with a little white card. Don't worry. They're just going to give you a little white card. And we'll explain what your next step is in a couple minutes. Anybody else at all of our locations? Thank you, Father. Let's pray this prayer together for the sake of those who just raised their hands at all of our locations. Say, Father God, say it like you mean it. Say, Father God, I give my life to you. I surrender. I repent. And I turn to you. Thank you that I can look up. Thank you that I can show up. And thank you for giving up your life for me on the cross. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, let's clap our hands for God's word this morning. Thanks again for joining us. And thank you to those who give generously to make the ministry possible. You can click the link in our description to give now or visit givetofocus.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can subscribe, share it with your friends. And while you're at it, take a screenshot and share it on your social stories and tag us at MyFocusChurch. We'd love to hear how God is speaking to you. 